First Timothy 5.4 reads, But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. Hello and welcome back to Think This Way. This is the podcast of Faith Bible Church. I'm Pastor Bryce. Today I have with me again... Andrew Walden. Andrew, thanks for being here. It is always great being here, Bryce. Like I said on our last episode, you are the resident expert on family, <laughs> in my mind, <laughs> among many others, among many others. But, you know, I appreciate how you parent. And actually, I we were just talking about how I try to choose episodes I think relate to different elders, particularly, or that I think you do well. And this is one that's really stood out to me Um your relationship with your parents and the respect you have for your parents is obvious. And that is what we're talking about today. Honoring, not just honoring your parents, but honoring your older parents. Meaning if you're a grown, you're out of the house, you're an adult, how do you honor your parents now? This will be our last episode that is more general in nature, I guess you would say. We're going to move specifically into marriage starting next week, and that'll continue several episodes issues related to marriage, and then issues related to parenting. But I want to talk about this because it actually gets some good, uh, it it appears somewhat regularly in Scripture. The first place, of course, is Exodus 20, verse 12, which is the fifth commandment, which is worded specifically, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Ephesians 6, 1 picks up this very passage, but changes how it presents it slightly. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then the very next verse is just a quotation of Exodus twenty twelve. So I take that to be an application of how you honor your parents when you're a child living in your parents' household. Part of honor is obey. When you're in your parents' household, the fifth commandment really requires, this is what honor requires. I literally talked about this with my kids today or yesterday. Honoring requires two things. One, when you're in the household, one is obeying your parents, and two is respecting your parents. If you obey and respect your parents in the household, you are obeying the fifth commandment, and you see that in Ephesians 6.1. However, what do you do when you grow up and you're not in your parents' household anymore? Then Ephesians 6.1 does not apply directly, It is because you're no longer children, in that sense. So you're not called to obey your parents. You now are still called to respect your parents, not obey, but respect. So in the household, honor means obey and respect. Out of the household, honor means respect. And so that's what we're talking about really right now is that respect element. When we are out of the household of our parents, how do we respect them? So, Andrew, if adults outside the home are still called to respect older parents, what does that look like? How do I know if I am respecting my parents? I mean, you mentioned that the Bible mentions multiple times about this, but the Bible also mentions so many times just about respecting older generations. And it goes hand in hand with this. There's a, there's a deeper relationship there with your parents. However, when I mean, you look at things like uh, Leviticus 19.32, you shall rise before the gray-headed and honor and honor the presence of an old man. Mm-hmm. So you have verses like that that are clearly stating that there's supposed to be an honor and respect for an, an older generation than your own. The same thing can be said for your parents. I mean, they, they've raised you. They've 
whether good or bad, they've, you've been in their home for this long, you get out of their home, you still need to show them honor and respect and the fact that you still respect who they are, still respect the relationship that you've been given with them, with the understanding that that wasn't just like some random roll of the dice that you're their kid. This happened because God, in his, all, his wisdom and his grace and his might, created you as their child. Like, he knew that. He knew that before the foundation of the earth. He knew that outside of space and time, however we look at that in our own mind. So we understand that you are their child because God chose you to be their child, which in a way requires respect. It's very much in the same way as if you're in the home, you're obeying the parents when you're in the home, and you're respecting the parents through your obedience. But you, you do that up to the point of whether or not it's sinful, whether or not it's going against Scripture, whether or not it's going against the Lord. But you can still show them honor and respect in how you interact with them if they're going against those things. So if they're going against the Lord, if they're going against Scripture, if they're going against, uh, or they're going to try to make you sin, you can still say no in a respectful way, just as you would any random person on the street. What we often do is because that relationship is so close, we have such a close tie to that person that we often forget that these rules still apply because you have that intimate relationship with them. Yeah, it reminds me, the other day I was talking with Wathel, who's in our small group now and is from Nigeria, grew up there, and we were talking about the differences culturally when it comes to how you think of the older generation. And he was explaining, it's beyond me, but in his language, where he comes from, there are certain, I think they're endings that you put on the names of older people you're talking to. I think actually you put them on just about everybody, but there's a certain one you use for those who are older. It's respectful. And a lot of languages, especially further East, have those kinds of things. We don't have those here. Sometimes we compensate, like our family, we try to have our kids call anyone older, Mr. or Miss. Mr. or Miss. I mean, we're not strict about it, but we try, and that's trying to reflect that respect to the older generation because our culture is really on the other side of that where most of the airtime goes to the younger generations. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a consumer thing or where that came from, but if you're like the younger generation, you're in. And those who are older sometimes are seen as an inconvenience. They're out of style. They're out of touch. It's just like a, it's in the cultural air. So it makes me think of... Uh... One, one way that the, the military gets this right mm -hmm. is the fact that whenever you have an officer or a sergeant or somebody within the non-commissioned officer corps coming in, everybody that's lower in rank than them has to stand, has to show them respect, has to address them by their title, has to do all these things. And it's not because, you know, it says Sergeant Walden on my shirt. It has nothing to do with my last name. It has to do with the rank. What comes with the rank is experience. It comes knowledge. It comes an authority that comes with it, which is kind of the same thing that we're looking at here is we're, we're respecting them because of who they are, what stage of life they're in, how the Lord has sustained them up to this point and going to them with that understanding that, okay, they might know something a little bit deeper than, you know, me as a 20 year old kid knows or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's helpful to remember that it, it's not an equal relationship even with our older parents when we're out of the house, there's there's a sense, you know, we have our family unit there. there. But I like how it put it here in 1 Timothy 5.4, which is talking about widows who are older. Should the church support them? He says, well, if the family, and that would mean those who are younger, they're widows, so it would be the children, 
and maybe grandchildren or whatever. But if the children can support them, they should. And it says they should show godliness and make some return to their parents. I thought, that's really interesting. You're not paying them back. You can't pay them back, you know. But on the other hand, there's a sense in which, you know, they changed your diapers, you know. And it's kind of the same way a teenager suddenly knows everything about everything, you know. You just realize everything. And your parents know nothing. That's the amazing thing that happens sometimes. You become a teenager. You, now you know everything and your parents know nothing. <laughs> and, uh, and then you get a little bit older and go, okay, maybe they know some stuff. <laughs> but there's something to that. It's not equal where they've been taking care of you from day one. And there is a certain sense of respect, which I know in my own case, part of that translates into when I'm talking with people about my parents. I'm not trying to be in any way dishonest. But a part of that respect is I'm thoughtful about how I talk about them. I'm not highlighting problems. and I mean, kids have first row seats to their parents' problems. Mm -hmm. So you could highlight all their problems. My kids could do it for me. But part of that respect is I'm very thoughtful in how I'm going to talk about them. They could be more free in talking about me, in a sense, than I feel I could be in talking about Mm -hmm. them because there's that respect. Well, that does lead us into a question that I know many people have thought a lot about. And that question is, while everything we're saying here is true about respecting your parents, what do you do if you're in a unique situation and you're in some way estranged from your adult parents? And that could be on various levels of estrangement. But here's like an example. Let's say you've got parents who are very manipulative and then the husband has to step in to protect his wife and maybe his kids. And they've got to set boundaries because of these parents. You know, they might not be believers, whatever the case is. And now this, they're just having to step in, set these hard boundaries, have these hard conversations. They're starting to feel a little bit bitter toward the parents because of all the drama they're causing in their life. But they're still called to honor it in the sense of respect their parents. How do you do that? Help us to do that. So what's great is we have the scriptures, and they're (laughs) they're inspired. (laughs) Yeah, that helps. And they're profitable for us. Um, One of the first examples that I thought of was in Genesis, where you have the story of uh, Noah. So he he gets off the ark, he gets his covenant, and and you know gets this blessing from the Lord. And the first thing that he does after that is plants a vineyard and gets drunk. So we come from the world being destroyed because of the sin of the world. Noah being righteous enough for God to recognize him and say, hey, you're, you're going to continue. You're going to continue the Imago Day for me. Takes him through the flood, gets off the flood, gets the covenant, and instantly sin comes back, which I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, sin was with Noah the yeah. entire time on the ark and all that. But the first story that we get is, is Noah sinning. And what comes of that is one of his sons comes into his tent, sees his dad in a less-than-respectful way in his life, and goes and tells his two brothers about it instead of helping his dad. So Ham is the one that does that, treats his, his dad in a very disrespectful way, goes and tells Shem and Japheth about it. Shem and Japheth, what they do is they put a cloak over their shoulders, walk backwards into the tent, cover their dad in the most respectful way they can possibly think of at the moment, and then walk out. They don't go any further with it. Noah wakes up realizes what happens and what happens is Noah actually curses Ham and his descendants in Canaan and uh, tells them that or tells Ham that 
his children will now be the servants of his two brothers. And the reason for that is the way that he just was disrespected by Ham, the way that he was respected by these two others. So what we have in that story is Noah being very sinful, very wrong, a very bad example to his kids. We have one way that you could treat that is by being disrespectful back to dad and not showing them the honor and the respect that we're called to show through the word. And then we have another example of two brothers showing him respect in the way they should, even in his sin, even in his fallenness, still being the ones that are showing grace to their father and getting blessed for that. So it's, it's hard. I mean, I've, I've talked to multiple people about this as well. Parents that are estranged, all that kind of stuff, but we can still show respect in how we treat them. Just because they're being disrespectful to us, just because they're being manipulative to us, being hurtful to us, doesn't mean that we have to react in emotion back to them. Our emotions are not always fact. And so we can actually go to them still with respect, which is also going to shine a light not on you. It's not going to shine a light on the situation. It's going to shine a light on the Lord and say, hey, I'm being mistreated in this way. You know that I'm being mistreated in this way. I'm going to show you respect, not because I want to, because in this moment I don't want to, but I'm going to show you respect because that's what the Lord has told me to do, and that's going to shine light on the Lord. It's a lot like the Christian impulse to love our enemies. Mm-hmm. And you might naturally feel like, well, if you love your enemies, then you're going to be communicating to them that it's fine for them to be bad. You know, If you love them, then they're going to do bad stuff, and you're going to do nice stuff, and then that's going to justify their bad stuff. How are they going to know to stop being bad unless you be bad back? That's kind of the mm-hmm. natural feeling you have. And I think that translates when you're estranged from parents. Where you think, well, if I show them honor, meaning respect, it will not communicate how bad they are to them. And so I need to cold shoulder and you know make them feel bad so they know that they're bad. But that's the opposite of the Bible's approach. Like you said, even when Noah was being bad. But the way that Shem and Japheth treated him was very respectful, you know, nonetheless, and they they were blessed for it. One other thing I wanted to discuss here as we move to the end of this episode is something that maybe I wouldn't have naturally thought a lot about, especially in this season of my life, but it actually comes up multiple times in the New Testament, and it is the financial aspect of respecting your older parents. Now, granted, Some things have changed culturally from the time of the New Testament. Probably that was more prominent then. You didn't have nursing homes, and you didn't have 401ks, and you didn't have Social Security. And so children had to step up and financially support their aging parents when their parents couldn't support themselves anymore. But it's still reserved for us in Scripture, and it still applies. So I want to give the examples. The one is the passage I already read in 1 Timothy 5 that has to do with widows. And children should make a return and show godliness by financially supporting their widowed mother. So the church doesn't have to do that, because that is the position of the children. But another time it comes up famously is in Mark 7, also in Matthew 15. But in Mark 7, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders, and he says, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. Quite a way to start a conversation there. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. 
death penalty in the Old Testament. But you say, religious leaders, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is korban, that is given to God, probably dedicated to the temple, can't financially help my parents, it's dedicated to the temple, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down and many such things you do. And my only point from that passage is when he quotes, honor your father and your mother, Jesus interprets it as including the financial support of aging parents. That's what they were violating. So the question I have is for you, Andreas, do you have any advice for grown adults who currently are or are thinking about in the future the financial support of their aging parents? It's important for us to take care of our aging parents. It's obviously called for by us. It needs to be done in a way that also doesn't hurt your family. We're, we're called to leave and cleave as well. The best way that I've seen that, the best example I've seen of that being explained is actually in the book that we're going over, that the home team, where he talks about um, we're not a branch of the family tree once we've gotten married. We are now a sapling next to the tree. Like we are our own entity. We are on our own. We're getting shade, nourishment, all that kind of stuff from the tree that we need, but we are our own. So making sure that your family is, is supported as well. Help your aging parents in whatever possible way you can. If you need to rebudget and cut some things out that are maybe discretionary, do it. But make sure that you're also taking care of your family. We shouldn't be going into, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt because that's going to hurt your your immediate family, your your household in the long run. But if you can help your aging parents in one way or another, financially, yes. If you can if you can swing it without hurting your family, do it. But there's other ways that we can also support them. We can we can at once they get to a certain age, we almost have to help them research things. We have to help them make sure that they're in a right environment. We're not just going to push them in whatever home is, is the most convenient for us. We're going to make sure that that home is taking care of our family. If you can have them in your home, have them in your home. Let your kids see how you are honoring your parents in this, in this most vulnerable time of their life. Help support them as long as you can within your home. If that's not a viable option for you, you know, don't feel guilty about that. However, make sure that they're being taken care of in any way possible outside of your home if that's what's being required. Someone listening to this might have an estranged relationship with their parents and may have thought they don't have to honor their parents, therefore. Or maybe you don't have an estranged relationship with your parents, you just haven't thought about honoring them. That's just not been in your mind. Whatever the past may be, may God help us all now by His grace to think this way. Mm-hmm.